0: Welcome to Health Club with Julia. I'm your host, health coach and registered dietitian, Julia Campagna. I'm on a mission to bridge the gap between looking your best and living your life to the fullest. After years of over-dieting, struggling with disordered eating, and destroying my social life, I finally found how to reach my dream physique without sacrificing the things I love. Now I'm sharing all my strategies and education with you. We'll be talking all things health, including hormones, metabolism, and lifestyle to help you cut out the confusion and start living. So get cozy and join the club. Hey guys, what is up? I hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to the Health Club with Julia podcast. Today's episode is going to be another q and I love doing like rapid fire Q&A questions. These episodes always are one of my faves. I don't know why I just like to do them, but I also found that I like to do them a lot more on podcasts than on Instagram. So usually I'll put up like a question box on my Instagram and either do it there or for the podcast. I just feel like I can get out the points that I wanna get out more when speaking and like doing it in podcast version versus just trying to keep it as short as possible on Instagram stories. So I do prefer them on here. And if you guys are wondering where I'm getting these questions from, if you guys want to ask questions to be answered on the podcast, make sure you follow me on Instagram. I do them every now and then where I will just put up either a question box or an anonymous Q and A. And you can submit questions there. And then I just do it every now and then on a podcast versus on Instagram. But feel free to ask a question in the question box or the anonymous Q&A if you do want your questions answered. So... Let's dive in cuz there's quite a few questions that I do want to go over today. So, we'll we'll start with some easy ones. There were some questions that I got that are just like basic, like really really basic, nothing to do with like fitness at all or health at all. Really really simple questions. I got like two of those. Some that I don't even feel like answering because they're just I Also, for those listening, if you put a question about relationship like Okay. Not relationships. If it's a girl asking actual relationship advice, I will definitely answer that. But like I get random questions and it's definitely from guys. I feel, and I just, no, just, I will not answer those questions. I want like actual legitimate questions. So yeah, if you're listening to this, I'm looking for actual questions, but I'll get like some of these really simple ones out of the way. So number one, how tall am I? I am five, three. I am a shorty. I wish I was a little bit taller, but we can't win them all. So I am 5'3". How old am I? I am 27. I will be 28 soon. My birthday's in February. So it's currently November. I will be 28 then, but still 27. Um, I feel like there was one more like really short question, but I I actually can't find it now. So I just wanted to get those really, really simple ones out of the way. So let's dive into the juicy ones, the ones that actually deserve an answer, so let's start off with this question okay so the question is how do you stay motivated on days where you absolutely want nothing to do with the gym so this is where i feel like this is a typical answer but it's really honestly so true discipline over motivation if i solely relied on motivation i would go to the gym half the amount that i do now I am not motivated every day. Heck, every single week, there's at least one day out of every single week that I'm like, I just don't want to do this right now, especially now it being November and it getting a lot colder out, especially in the morning, it's a little bit dark and I just want to curl up in my bed and stay there. If I relied on motivation, I would not get to the gym, but I use my discipline. I know that number one, I feel so much more energized and better when my workout is done. The hardest part is just getting yourself to the gym. So that's number one, knowing how I feel after. Number two, knowing that I have goals that I want to reach. A goal is not going to happen if you don't do anything about it. So if you only rely on the days that you're motivated, you're not going to reach the goal. That is just the hard truth. If you have a goal that you want to reach, you need to actually put in the work to do that. Nobody's going to do it for you. You have to be the one to do that. So that is number two, is knowing my goal, knowing my why. Number three is because it feels freaking amazing. I just like to take care of myself. I know that when I am 70 years old, what I do now matters. It's not, I don't want to wait until something is wrong to start working on my health. I want to proactively work on my health because number one, I feel amazing when I do it. I have more confidence in myself. I have more energy I have less PMS symptoms. I just overall feel so much better. And I want to make sure that I am healthy as I age, as I get older, as things are more common to happen when you're older. I want to prevent that. I want to be able to sit down on the toilet at 90 years old and get back up without a cane or without a walker. I want to be able to do those things. So I am actively or proactively working on my health now for also my future self. So those are some things that I remember with myself. But ultimately... It comes down to you, your why, your goals, and understanding why the heck you're doing what you're doing and knowing that it's not going to get accomplished if you don't actually do it. So that's what I would say to that question. Um, Question number two, which I actually love this question. The question is tips for encouraging a partner to to join in on a fitness slash nutritional journey with you. I love this question because Who you surround yourself with does impact you. And if you have a partner who does not, maybe doesn't support you, but has different goals and outlooks and doesn't necessarily want the same things as you do, it can make it super hard. So for example, if you're trying to be in a calorie deficit and lose some weight and your partner is not and is eating, you know, pizza and burgers and all these kinds of things, twice a week, it makes it hard for you when you feel like you might be missing out. So it is really nice to have a partner that does it with you. Now, there's nothing wrong with your partner having different goals than you. I'm not saying that. They can totally have different goals and do different things than you, but they also need to be super supportive of you. So if you want them to join in on a fitness slash nutritional journey with you, number one is understand what their motive is. Have a conversation with them. What is their goal? What do they want to achieve? Why do they want to go on this journey with you? Get them involved. Get a conversation going about what it is that they want. And then with that, make it fun for them. Make it enjoyable. Do things together. Maybe one of your goals is to just move more. So maybe at night you go for a walk together. Make it something that you guys can actually do together to push each other, to motivate each other and make it enjoyable for them they're more likely to join in and want to continue doing this with you if it's something that benefits them and they enjoy it as well another thing that you can do is do a little reward system Let again let's use the the walk as the example so you guys want to move a little bit more so you go for a walk every night maybe if you do five walks a week on saturday you go and do something really fun because you accomplish that goal together so use a reward system, make it fun, make it something that again, you guys can do together. And then the reward is something that you guys can also do together. So that's a second thing that you can try to do. The third thing that I would say with tips for encouraging them is helping them understand how it impacts their own life. So why, again, this goes kind of hand in hand with the first point that I made, but Why do they want to do that? How will that impact their life? How will improving their own fitness and nutrition, overall healthy habits, how will that impact them? How will that make a significant change in their life? Make it sound appealing to them. Make it sound enticing. So I would go over their goals and have a conversation with what they want to get out of it. Use a reward system, make it enjoyable for them, and understand how it would change their life or both of your lives together. So those would be some tips that I would start with for encouraging someone to join in. If you have further questions, if you've tried these things and it just doesn't work, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. I can go into this further with you. Question number three is also a good question. Thoughts on weight loss surgery for someone who has body dysmorphia? No. My short answer is no if you have body dysmorphia, you need to get to the root cause of what is causing that. If it's a lack of confidence, getting weight loss surgery will not help the cause. You need to find the root issue of why you have body dysmorphia. I would say only the only reason why you would ever need to get weight loss surgery is if it's medically acceptable or Uh, Suggested that you do so if you have a severe issue that cannot be resolved by lifestyle changes Then maybe weight loss surgery is your answer. But if you're somebody who is just struggling to lose weight First of all check in with yourself. Are you doing anything to help that? Are you doing anything consistently to help that? What are your habits like? Maybe we just have to start with your habits and making changes there and you'll see the results that you want to make But if it's just because you have severe body dysmorphia, I think also number one, go seek help. Go seek therapy. There's a stigma around therapy when there does not need to be. I think everybody could benefit from therapy. And it sounds like if you're thinking about weight loss surgery because you have body dysmorphia, it sounds like you might want to go talk to somebody about this. So that would be number one. Number two, get to the root issue. Why do you have this severe body dysmorphia? Weight loss surgery is not going to fix your lack of confidence in yourself, your lack of self-esteem, your negative self-talk. It will not help that. You need to help that first and then see, okay, what else is going on and do I actually need this surgery? But absolutely no would be my short answer to this. If you have body dysmorphia, figure that part out first and then see how we can make changes before going into surgery. Then, let's see, my next question I want to go over. Ooh, this one's a good one as well. Is it necessary to train to failure in order to grow muscle? Again, short answer, no, you do not need to. You should not be training to failure every single time you go into the gym. I do think that At some points, you should be training very hard and close to failure or at failure. I think used effectively, that can have a really good impact on you. But you do not want to be training to failure all the time. You actually do want to be using it more sparingly. It should be for a reason. It should be done at specific points in time But again, I do think that it is good to try sometimes so that you can also gauge the rest of your training. When you know what your failure is with something, you're able to gauge your intensity with all your other lifts that are not going to failure. So something that I like to use is RIR with my clients. So that is reps in reserve. Basically, an RIR of zero is going to failure. So let's say you know what your failure is. And then I say, okay, do, you know, the next week, do squats with an RIR rir of two meaning you should be able to get two more reps in when you're done with your set you know what that looks like for you so i think it does help with your other training sessions when you know what your true failure is however like i said you do not need to do it every single week it should be used sparingly and for specific purposes But you do not need to train to failure all the time to grow muscle. Short answer, no. The next question I have is protein to carb ratio. Basically asking what should I be, what are the general guidelines with protein and carb ratio? Not sure where they need to be for you. So, technically speaking, there is a ratio. Carbs should make up 45 to 65% of your diet. Protein should make up about 10 to 30% of your diet. Now, again, general guidelines would be protein set at you know 0.8 to 1 gram per pound. Then I would look into your fats. And then usually the third thing I do is carbs and wherever, you know, the remaining of the calorie goal that you have would go to carbs. But generally speaking, for ratios, percentages 45 to 65 gram, or 45 to 65 percent of your calories go to carbs 10 to 30 percent go to protein okay next question is i fell off track and i'm finding it really hard to get back on i don't know where to quote unquote start again with my journey so what do i do so let's go over this i i'm I want to go over this more in detail, but whoever sent this question, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram and I can dive into this a lot more in detail with you. But what I would say first is outline your goals. So you fall off track. You don't really know where to start again. You want to get back into it. Figure out what you're trying to achieve. What are you looking for? Is it weight loss or fat loss? Is it muscle growth? Is it both? What do you want to achieve? That's first and foremost, analyzing that. Once you have your goal or your desired outcome, then you can kind of make a plan around that. Okay, what are your current habits? What needs to be improved? So maybe your nutrition is really poor and you don't get any vegetables or fruit in. Maybe you do something like that where you set a small goal. I would suggest setting small goals weekly to help get you to your bigger goal, but it all starts with what your big goal is. So to actually start again, you have to know what you're looking to achieve and then you can kind of backtrack and make little micro plans and goals to achieve said goal. So that's where I would start. But again, I can definitely go into this a lot more in detail. Get a little bit more about your your history with your fitness and health journey, where you're currently at, what you're struggling with, all that. So send me over a DM, whoever sent me this question, and we can go over that in greater detail. Okay. Next question is, what is a reverse diet? when, when can I, when do I start it and general guidelines? Okay. So basically a reverse diet is kind of what it sounds like, uh, a reverse diet. So you're not dieting, you're actually increasing your intake up instead of dieting down. So very brief general term, reverse dieting is increasing your macros or intake over time. So when to start it. So there's a few reasons why you might want to start a reverse diet. Number one, if you are just ending a dieting phase, you might want to reverse diet back up to maintenance. Or again, you can go like into a bulk if that is your goal. But at the end of a dieting phase, you'll want to reverse back up. You cannot stay in a dieting phase forever. So I would definitely suggest it then. If you are a chronic dieter, somebody who has been in a diet for a long period of time and has just been under eating for a while, you'll want to reverse diet as well. So those are two main reasons why you might want to reverse diet. A third one could be, you know, if you're looking to go into a deficit, you want to start a deficit, but maybe your intake isn't ideal to start one. Maybe it's not at the best place. Least. then I would also suggest a reverse diet that one would probably be a little bit shorter maybe depending on the person but a reverse diet or a mini reverse diet just to get your intake up to more to a more optimal place to then start a deficit so that's kind of three reasons why you might want to start a deficit or start a reverse diet I should say and how to do it so this is kind of a loaded question but it's it's going to be dependent on the person your diet history, where you're currently at, the reason for the reverse diet, etc. But basically what you'll want to do is one of two things. You'll either want to slowly increase your intake over time and it might take a little bit longer or you can do it where you kind of bump up your intake initially a little bit more so you're closer to maintenance and then slowly increase over time. So those are two ways to do it. Again, depending on the person, there's a little bit more that I could go into, but I don't want to get too specific because I don't know where you're at. But I would say either slowly increase your intake over time or jump up a little bit more at first and then slowly increase. So that's kind of like how I would go about it. Again, if you want more specifics, whoever sent that question, please DM me on Instagram. We can go over that more in detail. Okay, next question is, my lower back gets tight from RDLs. What can I do when using heavier weight? I should say, add that in there. Is there a way to prevent this? How can I improve this? So this is mostly going to be a form issue. This is a lift that is common for people to feel on their back. And that's generally because they're using improper form. So again, whoever sent this, feel free to send over a video of you doing an RDL and I can critique it more specifically for you and what I see and and where we can fix your form. But it's usually going to be a form issue that needs to be addressed. Things to kind of think about is it is a hip hinge movement. It is not, your shoulders should not be the first thing that comes down in the movement. You should be drawing your hips back and then your torso should follow because your hips are being pulled back so it should be a hip hinge movement where your hips are going backward there should be a slight bend in your knee as well think of it like you have a rope tied around your waist and somebody is pulling the rope so it's pulling at your waist your hips are moving back and then your your shoulders and torso follow that movement Another thing to think about is keeping your lats locked and shoulders straight, locked, chest up. When your shoulders start to kind of cave over, that's where you also feel it in your back, where you're kind of leading with your arms. Again, this is a hip hinge movement. Keep your lats locked. Keep your upper body stable, back flat and neutral, spine neutral, pulling the hips back, you should be stopping just below your knees usually is where that's a good place to stop. Just pull your hips back as much as you can until you cannot push your hips back any further. That's when you stop. If you go past that point, usually that's where your torso starts to drop a little bit more than necessary and you'll feel it more in your back because you're taking the tension out of your hamstrings, out of your hips, and into your back and upper body. So I hope those little tips helped. But again, whoever sent this question, feel free to send me over a video of you doing it, and I can critique more specifics for you. Okay, next question is another good one. So I just recently got diagnosed with PCOS. What recommendations would you have for me? So Again, I would like to go into this further for the person specifically because I want to see what is your history? What are your current habits like? This is what's going to help me understand where you're at. But a couple of things to keep in mind, one of the most major things with PCOS is your stress management. You have to manage your stress and that comes in all forms, the mental, emotional stress as well as the physical stress. So some things that you might want to take into account, you might not like this answer, but... Lowering your training volume. Avoid doing HIT training anything really intense like Orange Theory, F45, sprinting, all of those really high-intensity workouts. Try to limit those or avoid those. That is going to hurt you more than harm you. So that's the first thing with training. Second thing is maybe drop your frequency with your training. If you're somebody who's training five to six days a week with PCOS, you're going to want to drop that to like three, four days. You're going to want to lower that intensity, take that stress off of your body physically, and really just focus on light, easy movements, more walking, yoga, things like that. So that's number one. So that goes with training. Number two, again, on the stress management is that emotional, mental stress that you want to make sure you are managing. This is so important. Actively do stress management techniques, things like breath work, yoga, meditation, nature walks. Try to do more of these things daily. You should be working on your stress techniques every single day. That needs to be at the forefront of your daily habits. Some other things to note too, nutritionally speaking, you're going to want more whole foods. Try to avoid things like processed foods. You want more fiber, healthy fats is going to be your go-to, high omega-3s, higher protein. Try to limit things like sugar, alcohol, fried foods. That's going to mess with your PCOS a little bit more. So more whole food diet, focusing on fiber, protein, healthy fats. That's going to be nutrition- nutritionally speaking, that's what you'll want to do. And then some other things, try to get some morning sunlight that will help with your cortisol and the cortisol curve. Try not to have caffeine on an empty stomach. That can affect your cortisol and blood sugar, so make sure that you are focusing on that. Another thing is blood sugar control throughout the day. You really want to make sure that that is managed as well. So those are some things that you can start working on. If you've you know, been trying to do those things or don't know how to do some of those things, feel free to message me on Instagram. We can go over more specifics and things that you can start working on now. Just message me over there. And then I do have one last question that I want to go over. Um, This is related to snacking. So what is your favorite snack for protein, protein, I'm trying to get protein shakes in, but what other recommendations do you have? So a couple of my favorite higher protein snacks. I do love a protein smoothie. That's a really easy one to have. I think Greek yogurt is a great one. Cottage cheese, deli roll-ups where you're getting like the deli meat, rolling them up. You can have cheese with that if you want, but that's a great one. Beef jerky is a great one. So those would be my go-tos. Then you do have things like protein bars. I try to limit that as much as possible just because of the A lot of protein bars don't sit well with me because of the gums and stuff added to them If they're fine for you, then that's totally fine But we do want to make up the bulk of our diet whole foods So that would be like secondary to deli meat cottage cheese greek yogurt protein smoothies things like that So those would be some of my recommendations for snacks So I hope I hope you found that helpful I can give more if needed but that would be where I would start for protein snacks and that that concludes my questions for this podcast episode. So hopefully whoever asked those questions, you have clarity on answers. If you want more clarity, if you have further questions on top of your question, again, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I can go into those more specifically for you. If you want to ask questions, if you want your questions to be answered on my podcast, Whenever I do a question box on Instagram, feel free to drop a question in there and I can go over those for you. But hopefully you guys have some good takeaways from today. Even if you didn't ask a question, hopefully some of these you might have asked yourself and hopefully you can use them for yourself as well. But that concludes today's episode. I will see you guys at the next one. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Health Club with Julia podcast. If you love the episode, share the podcast and tag me and subscribe so you don't miss any further episodes. If you have any questions, feel free to send me a DM. Thanks for being a part of the club. See you next time.